sisters. Welcome back to She Is Becoming with the Grace Church Women's Ministry Podcast. I am your co-host, Delaney, and I am here, as always, with my OG day one co-host, Bev. Hey, Delaney. Here we go. Here we go. Before we get into it today, we just want to remind you to follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is She Is Becoming with Two Gs. We post a lot of updates on there, and we really just like want to talk to you guys, and social media is great for doing that, so please follow us. And then remember to subscribe to our platform, or subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you're using. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and we are now on the Grace Church app, so go and check us out on there. (sighs) Okay, Bev. Yeah. What are we learning today? Well, today is going to be a really, really in an important um, uh, teaching time, sharing time um, podcast. It's going to be on our understanding of the Holy Spirit. There seems to be such a lack of understanding around the Holy Spirit. But understanding the Holy Spirit can change your change your life. Amen. And you can't say that about a lot of things. I think that's overused. But honestly, the only thing... The, only thing that really changes our life is the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to just develop that thought through today. Um, We want to learn how to have a relationship with him, and we can only have that relationship with the Holy Spirit through faith in Christ. But maybe let's just start with who is the Holy Spirit. Yes. Well, he is uh, not a ghost, and he is not some spirit floating around like the Force in Star Wars. Yes, not the Force. No, he is uh, part of the Trinity. He is fully God, and he has been assigned to live within believers. Uh, So that is those who have received Christ, that upon receiving Christ, that then he comes and inhabits us. He he lives within us. And it's not like he's possessing us. Not at all. Contrary to popular belief. No, (laughs) not at all. We we are not alone anymore. We have the presence of God with us, his power, his strength, his availability. This is just one of the greatest life-changing truths that we can know. So from John 14 and 16, these are some really rich chapters on teaching from the Holy Spirit. We learn a few basics about him. He's spoken of throughout the Bible. He's even at creation. He was hovering, the Spirit was hovering over over the the waters. waters. Yes. He's the third person of the Trinity. We usually address God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But yet God is one. So the Holy Spirit is not less God than God the Father and God the Son. He is a person. Sometimes they they will use a generic like the Spirit or the Holy Spirit, but it's and then not refer to him in a personal pronoun. It's a person. He is the third person of the Trinity, and he has many many special functions within the Godhead. Even in the Old Testament, a lot of people think, well, the Holy Spirit was in the New Testament. Yes, he is a lot. And then we have also that the Holy Spirit was in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon an individual. But then we even read of David's fearing that God was going to take his spirit from him. So the Holy Spirit would come upon people in the Old Testament times and empower them to do certain things. But then in the New Testament, when we receive Christ, we are promised that we're going to have this spirit of God indwell us forever. 
-hmm. And that's New Testament theology on the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Delaney, would you just kind of go through some of the things? I know you've been thinking about this a lot too. What does the Holy Spirit do? Yeah, well, the Holy Spirit does a lot of things that we couldn't possibly all cover today. But, you know, we've we've compiled a list here of like four main works of the Holy Spirit so that we can get a better understanding of who he is and what he does. And then so you can notice in your life, ah, that was the Holy Spirit. You know, so the first kind of category of this is that the Holy Spirit empowers. And there are a couple of ways that, you know, he does this. And we see this in scripture too, that the Holy Spirit empowered the disciples, you know, in Acts 1.8, for you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the Holy Spirit gave a divine enabling to the disciples then for a purpose, and it was to preach the gospel. And he does that same divine enabling for us today when we preach the gospel. So, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't just empower us for willy-nilly or for whatever. It's for a specific purpose and it's glorifying to God. You know, the Holy Spirit also empowers us through spiritual gifts. First um, Corinthians 12, 7 says that, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he will just as he wills. So these spiritual gifts are actually manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and they're used to edify the church, and they are used to glorify God. And then we also see that the Holy the Holy Spirit empowers prayer to make it effective. Romans 8.26 says that in the same way, the Spirit also helps our, our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. I with, love that. Oh, that honestly has saved me. Yeah. How does that verse end? I'm sorry, I think interrupted. Oh, no, you're good. No, you got it. It says, he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. There's such um, security in that, knowing that I'm praying this way, but I feel like the Holy Spirit takes my prayers and and recharges them to be according to God's will. Because we don't know how to pray, really. Yeah. Not really. And so the fact that the Holy Spirit is doing that for me is such a beautiful ministry, and it does then empower my prayers. And it also means that we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us pray. Absolutely. You know, like, I know that I've had moments in my life where I don't even have words for a prayer. Like, I'm so upset. I'm so broken. I'm so whatever. And, like, being like, Holy Spirit, like, intercede for me or give me the words or literally help me pray right now. I've even been at a point where I've said, Lord, have your people pray for me. Yeah. You know, so I'm counting on the Holy Spirit nudging others that I'm in such a desperate need for prayer right now. And I've, I've, I've experienced that too, where the Lord's been like, you need, or like the Holy Spirit's been like, you need to pray right now. And like, someone has come back later and been like, thank you for praying. Like, did you pray for me? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the Holy Spirit does do that. He does, and sometimes we know, and sometimes we don't. Why, yeah. why we are praying for that individual that we God don't has brought know. to mind. Yeah. And then, you know, the, really the fourth way that we have here that the Holy Spirit empowers is for Christians, um, you know, in service to overcome spiritual opposition. So Matthew 12, 28 says, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, and then the kingdom of God has come upon you, the Holy Spirit is the sword of the Spirit. So he is the one that is helping you, you know, cast out demons in, you know, in, in, the, in God's name, and he is empowering you to fight all darkness and to fight spiritual opposition and spiritual warfare. He's one of the two offensive weapons that we have. We have the Holy Spirit, who is the sword of the Spirit, and we also have the Word of God. And so those are our two offensive, offensive weapons we have to use in order to fight the darkness that's all around us. Yeah, and I know we don't always think of the Holy Spirit as the sword of the Spirit, 
you know, I have thought of him before as really just like this silent person that I don't hear from a lot, but he actually speaks loudly and he plays a key role and he's actually like awesome. Well, and he's awesome and he helps us and it's all good, but also the Holy Spirit is the one that can convict us and cut us in our heart. Yeah, that that's we have sword. sinned. Yeah. Right. He's a sword. All yeah. Right. He can be a sword of comfort and an offensive weapon against the enemy, but he's also a sword in that he convicts. Yeah. Amen. So that was the first category. So here's kind of like the second category is that the Holy Spirit purifies. The Holy Spirit's work is to sanctify believers, you know, to make us more holy. And that's part of his name, Holy Spirit. And he does this, you know, like you said, by convicting us of sin. And, you know, uh, John 16, 8 and 9 says that, And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment and concerning sin because they do not believe in me. So he produces holiness in us too by purifying our sin and by this and by the spirit enabled by the spirit we can put that sin to death. Right. And we need him. We cannot we are not stronger than sin. We absolutely need the power of God to overcome sin. Yeah, we do. So the Holy Spirit also reveals there is many ways that he does this, but, you know, we're going to go over a couple. He reveals and teaches us truth. Um, and it says in John 16, 13, that, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is imparting truth from God, wisdom, comfort, freedom, um, righteousness, hope, uh, awareness of adoption, um, glory, unity, and power. And he also imparts, you know, the fruits of the spirit that we've often heard a lot from Galatians, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, um, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And, you know, the Holy Spirit also illuminates, which is a big theological word, illuminates. And it basically means that he enables us to understand. So have you ever been like reading the Bible and you maybe have read it again in a new way for the first time and you finally feel like you understand it? That's the Holy Spirit. It is. I remember when I was a new believer, how I had read the Bible before in my life. But as I started to read it after I'd made that commitment to Christ, the words just started jumping off the page. I couldn't read it enough. I couldn't read enough religious books about the Bible. It was like I had an incredible thirst. And I've seen this played out again and again in thousands of women's lives over the years where they, they maybe come to a Bible study thinking they're a Christian. They realize they haven't really made that commitment. They make that commitment, and all of a sudden, the Bible comes alive, and he illuminates it, and they understand it for the first time, and it starts applying to their lives, and they have an incredible thirst. And when you see that, Delaney, you know what that is? That is evidence of faith. And it's evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. I love that. Amen. Amen. And, you know, non-believers or people who don't believe in um, Jesus don't have this. Um, But the spiritual and the believing man, it says in Scripture, judges all things. And the psalmist David actually described described it like this. Open my eyes that that I may behold wonderful things from your law. So it's that illuminating, that understanding in a way that, we couldn't understand apart from the Holy Spirit. No, and I love that verse from Psalm 119. That can really be a, a wonderful prayer before we open up our Bibles. It really is. Mm-hmm. Help me help me understand the right. prayer. Help me understand. Um, so, yeah, I love how you said that, too, that it's, it's really evidence of God's presence, too. You know, um, the Holy Spirit is, and the Holy Spirit exists, you know, partly to glorify, to glorify God. 
and to edify, you know, the body. So John 16, 14 says, he will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. So the fourth part here of um, what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit unifies. And we see this all throughout scripture, but specifically here's a couple of examples is, you know, after Pentecost, so when the Holy Spirit um, descended to permanently indwell believers, um, believers were given spiritual gifts that were made to edify the body. And these gifts are meant to like benefit and unify us, you know, so they work together to unify and edify the body. And then, you know, in Acts 2, we also see that there were some believers staying in Jerusalem, and they all were from different countries, and they spoke different languages, and the Holy Spirit enabled them to all speak the same language so that there could be unity, you know, with the, with the group. Yeah. And it also says that this body of believers or this church was dedicated to fellowship with one another and that no one went without. Everyone had what they needed, and everyone worked together in unity. I think, too, of the Tower of Babel where uh, God confused their languages because of their sin of wanting to make themselves something rather than God. And uh, he is going to once again unite those languages again. Pentecost is a picture of what's ahead in his future kingdom where we all are going to be united and speaking the same language. Yeah, And I think a big one, too, is that we see in the Bible that there was the Jews and the Gentiles did not like each other very much. Um, There were two groups who actually despised each other in the Bible. Bible, and the Holy Spirit unified them, and they were now united um, in Christ, and by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind, and we see that from Philippians 2, 1 through 2. So that's just a couple ways that we've seen the Holy Spirit unify, and how he does. And he's good at that. <laughs> he's really good at that. So, um, Bev, I just like have a couple of questions for you about the Holy Spirit, and I would just love to get like your wisdom on some things. Um what is the Holy Spirit's like role in salvation? Well, he's actively involved in drawing us to, the, to Christ and revealing who he is. He's our teacher, and he's the one that gives us that desire for change and convicts us when we are in sin. Um, he helps us, like we mentioned earlier, to understand and to seek God's word so that we learn about who Christ is, so that we learn about how to receive him by faith by confessing him with our lips and receiving him into our life. He also makes God personal to us. And I can't say that enough. He he is the one who gives me that reality that God is in my life. Um, And another very important role in salvation by the Holy Spirit is that he gives me security in salvation. Um, When you open the Bible, you realize that he's the seal uh, and the, the, the sureness that we have salvation. And and that seal is an eternal seal on our life. So his role in salvation is amazing. It's huge. He is active. And sometimes we're not even aware that he's done all that for us until we hear something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, so would you say like in salvation, the Holy Spirit is the one who's like, it, it would be like, he enables you to understand like, this is truth. Like the gospel's truth. Absolutely. I believe he can open our mind and our heart to receive it. I love the term receiving Christ okay. rather than accept Christ. Okay. I think receiving Christ means that uh, the Holy Spirit has opened my eyes and my heart, and I understand who he is and that he died for me, that it's a very personal thing, and I need to respond to him. I love that. And the Holy Spirit gives us that ability to respond. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because it can be confusing sometimes, so I'm glad you like cleared that up. Okay, so what do you think— or what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Because I've heard that before. So can you explain to us what does that mean? 
Uh, that, that can be a little tricky to explain, but here's as simply as I can put it. It's when you lose the active presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, the active presence. Because he's with us eternally in a true believer's life, he does not leave. But here's what happens. He retreats and yeah. he grows silent. Um, and you know why he grows silent? Because of usually willful disobedience on our oh, part. Right. Not just, oh, I didn't know I was doing that wrong. No, willful disobedience on our part. We are the ones who silence him or grieve him. Uh, we, we start to ignore his proddings. We start to override those those that feeling of I should be doing this and 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 direction and love for God and love for His Word. We start to override that with our own will. There's only one way back from that from that point of where we've grieved the Holy Spirit, and that is to confess our sin, to confess our um, lack of uh, wanting these spiritual things in our life, confessing that and and being repentant and coming back. And asking then to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, when yeah. we believe we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but we can ask to be filled every day. Yeah. And so if we are feeling like dry, like the Holy Spirit, just where are you? I don't feel my heart is just so cold towards God, the things of God towards obedience. Um, then we need to confess that, repent of that, um, whatever sin the Lord brings to mind. And then ask again, Lord, cleanse me. And once again, fill me with your Holy Spirit. That's super comforting, too, to know that, that like the Holy Spirit, you know, even if you have been like intentionally sinning and you've been far from God, that, you know, God is faithful. He is. He's still faithful. He is. And he's still good. So what would you say, um, like, what's an example, what would you say is an example from your life of how you have personally seen the Holy Spirit work? Well, interestingly enough, when I was like four years old, I saw them building a church across from my grade school. I went to kindergarten very young. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. I was the third one. Off you go, <laughs> sweetheart. <laughs> and, and as I watched them build that church, I can't tell you how my heart, even as a small child, was drawn to the Lord. So I know the Holy Spirit has been at work in my life ever since then. Um, I really felt a purification when I confessed Christ as my Lord and Savior. I remember going to the floor and just sobbing mm-hmm. over all of my sin. I was 20 when this happened. And I just, I it was just such a release. And um, I felt that purifying effect. And I felt that new power come into my life. And that's what I described earlier, where I, I wanted God's word. I wanted to pray. I, I wanted to read. I just had this incredible thirst for God. Also, I've seen the Holy Spirit work as I've tried to raise my children. Yeah. And Delaney, do yeah. we need God's help in raising children? Oh, my I, goodness. Oh. I, I turned to God so many times. I would just open his word, and I'd just say, Lord, help me. Show me what to do. I don't know what to do. Bring bring your thoughts, your spirit, your words, your, your people around me so that I might know what to do here. Yeah. And also, the Holy Spirit has really helped me to choose godliness when many times Really, in my flesh, I don't want to do it. Exactly. I want yeah. to go my own way. Yeah. Come on, let's just kind of forget about that spiritual side of me and kind of do my own thing. Right. Um, and I've also noticed the Holy Spirit um, in me has given me a love for people. Mm. I didn't really know that I had before because it was really all about me. Yeah. And um, He has opened my eyes, and I just, I just feel God's love in me so strongly. It's very easy then to show it to others. Yeah. So those are. 
just some of the things that God has done for me. And, yeah. you know, we can talk several hours on that. Yeah, several hours. No, and I think, too, like, I can po- point to, like, key moments in my life where I've felt the Holy Spirit, like, moving in, like, a tremendous way. And I feel like, you know, one of those has been conviction over sin. Like, I've been, I know that I have been on my knees distraught over my sin before. And, you know, that's, it's not a guilt. It's not a, like, condemning, but it's, like, a help me. And then I, you know, and then the Holy Spirit enables you to repent, and then you can be transformed from that sin. And that feels oh so good. And, you know, and <laughs> you, you, we resist yeah. that. Yeah. In actuality, that's what's going to heal us. Yeah. And there's so much, like, I can't even tell you, like, the joy that comes from that, too. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a sadness and devastation over sin, but it, the Holy Spirit really just can turn that into joy. And then he, he, I've seen, you know, you know, like how, like how you said, how you can love people in a new way. Those fruits of the Spirit, like, I can point to the Holy Spirit doing that in my life in certain times. We're like, I want to snap at my two-year-old because he's being naughty and I, I want to get angry and he gives me patience mm-hmm. and then he gives me love and, you know, all of those things. So I, I'm definitely right there with you with that. So Delaney, how would you challenge our audience today? I think the first thing that I would say is to get to know the Holy Spirit. You know, um, talk to him when you're praying, address him. Maybe read chapters 14 and 16 yeah. in in John and also Romans 8. Romans 8. Get to know him and then learn about him so that you know when he's speaking. I think about in, I want to say, is it Samuel? Yes. Samuel, when Samuel had never heard the voice of God before, and then, you know, he had Eli tell him that it was God, and then the more he heard the voice of God, the more he knew it was God. So, like, the more that you spend, you know, more time you spend with God, the more you spend, you know, um, learning and all of that, you recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. You do, most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah, not always. We're not perfect, obviously. No, no, and we can, our own... Feelings can get in there. Yeah. And so you, you need to be aware, but you can say, I feel that God is speaking to me in this yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And, and the more, you know, you'll, you know, the scripture also really helps you discern that. But I think my challenge would be, yeah, learn about him. Um, read the passages that Bev said about um, who the Holy Spirit is and then praying, praying. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's our challenge. Well, let me pray right now. For yeah, our let's do Heavenly it. Father. As we think about the Holy Spirit and his role in our lives, I pray, Father, that each one of us would personally know him in all the ways that we've talked about today and that his power would be evident in our lives and be bringing you much glory. In Christ's name. Ah, Amen. I love learning about the Holy Spirit. Well, it was so great to be with you sisters today. Join us in two Mondays for the next episode of She is Becoming.